running reserves. Since we are in our first month of the new year, we wanted to take this opportunity to talk about our financial goals for 2020. Katie and I will be sharing some tips on how we save as well as how we set our goals for the new year. So grab a pen and a paper and let's get started planning for 2020. Hi guys, I hope you are all having a great week so far. Um, we do have one more episode to release on credit on that topic, but in the meantime, we wanted to take a short break to talk about our 2020 financial goals. Before this podcast, um, Katie and I have been sitting here in our apartment, my apartment for <laughs> honestly, um, I don't even want to tell you how long. <laughs> it's been seven hours. <laughs> Oh my god! Almost okay. eight. <laughs> so, anyways, it's been seven hours. That's like a work day. A lot of it has been technical difficulty. We were just talking. We, you'd think we'd be getting better at recording, but actually, I feel like we've been getting a lot worse. Yeah, we, we recorded an episode last week that we couldn't release because we messed it up. Yeah, but we're we're getting there. We're getting there. It's been tough, but you gotta Live persevere. And you learn. So, anyways, we also were talking about. Um, what we've been doing at the beginning of the new year to talk about like our goals for the year, our financial Mm -hmm. goals, et cetera. This year has been kind of slow moving for me. I I haven't done anything yet. Like (laughs) I I set some, obviously some workout goals for myself that I failed. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously some eating goals for myself that I have failed. Failed. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, I got a special bulletin board. That I specifically put out, I was like, I'm going to make this great vision board um, right on New Year's Day. I'm going to sit down and create this vision board. Didn't even do it. Then it's yeah, still it's sitting tough. there blank. <laughs> Honestly, I think I might I might start in February. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe that'll be my New Year. I'd say it's never too late. It's never too late. You just got to start. Um, but we wanted to talk about, first and foremost, tips on how we save. Because for me personally, during my first job... Um, I was not doing this at all and I don't even know why I don't know looking back like where my money was going because at the time I won't give an exact number of what I was making but between 40 and 50,000 and at that amount honestly there's really no reason unless maybe you have kids or just an obscene amount of like student loan debt or something crazy like that but that you shouldn't be able to save but I just wasn't at all I, I it wasn't a priority for me or Maybe I just didn't think that I could. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just well, feel it's, like it's hard to get in that groove because I think, at least for me, it's like once you get a, you know, quote unquote real job or a big girl job, it's like, oh, I can finally afford, you know, to go get my hair done or I can finally afford to go get my nails done. You know, you think more in terms of that than, oh, I can finally save. Right. And I never, I think the thing that really kicked my butt into high gear, I had a conversation with my friend Anna this summer. And she kind of took the non-traditional route after college and decided to study abroad. She moved to Arizona. She was doing a lot of traveling and, like, just your goal stuff. Like, she was doing so much fun stuff. And um, she was just talking about how most of the people that she knew that had chose to just start a career right off the bat had saved no more than she had saved. And she was doing, you know, non-traditional jobs and... It was just crazy to me to think that. I'm like, she at the time probably had more money saved up than me. And Mm -hmm. I was actually making 
probably at the time a lot more than her, but she was just more diligent at saving. And so it just goes to show it really doesn't matter how much you're making. If you're not saving it, you just have to make it a priority. You have to make it a priority. So thank you, Anna, (laughs) for (laughs) kicking my butt into high gear. And then also a couple months ago, I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about the idea of lifestyle creep. And this is something that I found to be super guilty of. Um, When I transferred jobs, that was a weird transfer. When you (laughs) got got a a new new job. job. (laughs) Um, I got a salary increase. And, of course, the first thing that came to my mind, and this this was a goal that I had had anyways. I don't regret doing this. But, of course, me and Jake wanted to move down to the city and get a nicer apartment. And so we did. But looking into that, I just want to be aware um, going forward that I'm not consistently elevating my lifestyle every time I get those promotions or a salary increase because then ultimately you're only going to consistently be saving the same thing instead of saving more, which is what you want to do. So I think that that is a huge thing that I have now adopted into my mindset is to be aware of that. Also... My paychecks always go into my checking and not my savings. Um, And this really helps me to make sure that I'm not consistently drawing money out of my savings and I don't know what number it's at. I know you do this Mm -hmm. too, Katie. Yep. It's it's super helpful. And I then you can kind of avoid overdraft fees. Mm -hmm. And I think um, one of the big reasons why I do it is it's kind of more of a mind game. Like, that way my checking account is the one I'm always you know moving money around out of rather than my savings account because then mentally it's my savings account is the account I don't touch you know I can only add to that where I do know some people that get it vice versa they'll get their paychecks into their savings account and then always taking money out and I think kind of psychologically then that account becomes something oh I can always take out of that account rather than no I don't touch that money Yeah, it's whatever works for you, but to be honest, I've never heard anybody that doesn't have a problem doing it from your savings, moving it to your checking. I always hear people saying that they get overdraft fees because they don't transfer enough money or Mm -hmm. that they're not saving enough because they're not fully understanding how much is in their savings account at a given time Mm -hmm. because they're constantly having to do the math of like, well, this isn't actually my savings. I need to deduct rent or I need to deduct my car payment. I just think it gets a little bit messier. So, and I also treat my savings account as like a bill every month. So I'm constantly putting in a set number and I do it at the beginning of the month and I never touch my savings. Um, Another thing that I would like to do in the savings realm is start a high interest savings account. So my current savings account right now I just have with my bank and I think it only yields me like some crazy low number like a 0.01% in interest but there are accounts out there um, they're banks that are totally online so they don't have the added fees like paying for a building an actual Mm -hmm. brick and mortar spot or a teller or anybody anything like that so they can offer you a higher interest rate and those interest rates can be as high as two percent I've seen it even as high as 2.5%. So something to also, you know, help with your money. Because savings accounts are a little tricky because you have to think that every year with inflation, which goes up on average about 3%, your savings account, you're actually losing money Mm -hmm. having it in there. 
So you do want to make sure that, you know, you don't have a, you don't have all of your money. I mean, you wouldn't want like, you know, $200,000 of your net worth in savings and not Mm -hmm. in an, in an investment account. I think somebody asked me that before. They're like, well, why can't I just save my money and not invest because it's super safe? Because obviously investing has risk in it and a savings account doesn't. But the thing is, if you leave it in there, you aren't accounting for inflation. So your Mm -hmm. money goes down every year. So putting it in, offsetting it and putting it in a high interest savings account is definitely a smart option for you. Another thing I started to do I think like a year ago is I call it like a spending cleanse or a detox <laughs> to my wallet it's like I treat it like a diet <laughs> then so, off the wallet <laughs> exactly so I either do like how long can I spend without or how long can I go without spending a dime or like how long can I go with spending only a hundred dollars this week and mm-hmm. I play a little game with myself and this really helps actually because it's I, I think it's it's weird, but I feel like it's, like, fun. Yeah. No. In a weird way. Like, it's, like, a weird challenge. And I also eat healthier usually when I'm doing it because I don't go for that cookie at lunch <laughs> because I, I can't afford the cookie. That yeah, week. yeah. <laughs> it becomes less about the cookie, more about the money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's, like... Well, I think it's good any of those kind of games that you can play with yourself. It's just training you to be more mindful you know you're thinking about it more like do I really want to spend this money on the cookie or not and you know it's not just an impulse buy right um the next I feel like I have so many goals but this is because I really had to like trick myself into savings <laughs> because <laughs> I know you my- got it down so yeah now I have it down honestly once you have like a base you always can save more you know, when you have nothing, mm-hmm. I always just spent more because I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. I have nothing anyways. Right. But now that I actually have a savings account, I'm like, well, I don't want to touch it. Mm-hmm. It's just a different mindset. But also um, eliminating or limiting or eliminating your drinks. So by this, I mean like when I go out, when me and Jake sometimes, since we live down in the city, um, we like to go out to eat a little bit more. But during the week, work week, you know, we don't need to get a beer or mm-hmm. a glass of wine at every meal I think I felt like this a lot when I was 21 because I just was like oh my god I'm 21 I just like you know I have to get a drink mm-hmm. but now it's like I just get a water usually well, and it's crazy how fast those adds up that adds up you right know? no it is I mean that's like almost as much as an on like some entrees you mm-hmm. get a glass of wine for like nine or ten bucks yeah um so yeah so either eliminating or just limiting yourself to one drink there's really no reason why you need to be spending money on that Um, and then my last is giving yourself a food budget. So I break it down as far as like how much I can spend per day because I usually give myself like $400, $500 a month for food and that includes groceries and eating out. It's a pretty tight budget actually, but I found that it's hard to keep track when you just get, give that monthly number because realistically you're not going to be super diligent at writing it in your phone and kind of tracking everything Mm -hmm. so if you give yourself like you know I can spend 15 or 20 dollars a day on food it's really easy to track if like you've exceeded that budget or if you've gone over and tracking it that way it makes it so much easier so if you haven't done that try it because it does help Mm -hmm. and I think that's something to note kind of bounce off that is to be realistic with yourself and your goals you know don't think oh I'm gonna save all this money and then give yourself a really drastic strict plan to follow 
be right. realistic. Think about your lifestyle and, you know, start with small changes. Right. Because then that can screw you over in the long run. If mm-hmm. you're making a really strict budget for yourself and you go over on your food budget, well, you're ultimately pulling from some other category. Mm-hmm. So you're hurting yourself for the long run. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, I have a few tips on saving too or just you know what I do um, to keep on the food trend here I'm a big I'm big into prepping my food so um, you know when we do our big grocery hauls usually on Sundays you know I'll make like a huge meal for Sunday night and I'll make like triple the amount that we would normally eat and I'll package it all up in containers and have my lunches for the week Um, and that's a way I'm just you know and it's it saves money, but also I'd say the biggest difference is, you know, then it's like once I'm at work and a coworker's like, oh, hey, I'm grabbing this for lunch. Do you want something? Like, oh, no, I brought my lunch. You know, I'm not spending that money every day going out um, with coworkers or anything like that. Um, and I also bring snacks everywhere I go. Yeah. <laughs> Abby can vouch for this um mainly just because I get hungry a lot and want snacks but you know it's it's helpful just to have them in my purse and then I'm not you know going out and buying food every time I get hungry so I'll always have my I think we were at a bar one night and you we well I shouldn't even say me it was definitely your pack of goldfish that we ended up (laughs) but you were with me convincing a guy to buy it for like two bucks yeah which is a great income uh uh-huh that could be a business there it could be a business if you're looking for some extra money just bring some snacks to the bar I mean once people are drunk you can get them to buy anything that is so true (laughs) honestly I might even do that this weekend. I'm just going to bring a load of snacks in my jacket. <laughs> bring a big purse. <laughs> Sell them at the bar. Um, and then another way um, I save money is, um, you know, just by price matching and comparing different things. So, like, I'd say the most common example in my life is when we decide whether to have cable or not, you know, we, like, add it up. Okay, well, how can we get all the shows we want? We would need YouTube TV, Netflix and Hulu and adding that up and seeing if we'd still save money compared to cable in our case we definitely are saving a substantial amount of money by having those other subscription services um so just being mindful of that and also maybe doing a little bit more homework when it comes to price matching and comparing you know if you're like say for example I don't know in the market for a new tv and Amazon sells it and Best Buy and Target they all sell the same TV maybe just you know seeing if the price varies and you know you don't necessarily have to drive extra to the store where it sells it for less but a lot of stores will price match if you just bring it to their attention so I'm doing a little bit more homework just to save yourself some money in the long run. I also want to clarify for that too Mm -hmm. just because something is like the cheapest TV doesn't necessarily mean the quality is there. So, like, when you're looking at price matches, sometimes I think that people are, like, they go on the ultra-cheap side and just get the cheapest TV they can find, and they think that's a deal. But if that TV is only going to last for two years, Mm -hmm. and you could have bought the name brand. I mean, the name brand is not always the best, but if you would have bought the name brand and that TV was going to last for eight years, like, you're going to be saving more money in the long run. So, back to your point, like, Mm -hmm. do your research not just on the price, but on the quality of what you're buying. Yeah. Read reviews. Yeah big review reader um and then I'd say one of my tips that I use the most when I'm kind of saving money is 
I will take, I will put a specific amount of cash in my wallet for a night out and tell myself that I can only spend that much money. So, you know, if I'm going out with friends, say I'll put, you know, 50 or $75 in my wallet in cash and I'll tell myself, okay, don't use your debit card. Don't use your credit card. Like once this money runs out, you know, you're done. You don't need another glass of wine or you don't need, you know, another appetizer. Just once this is out, you've you know, you're good for the night. And I think that really helps me too, just to physically see the cash all there and then see it kind of dwindling down. I don't know. That's a good idea. I think we're going to do a challenge too, where me and Katie like withdraw a hundred bucks and we see if we can survive <laughs> an entire week, which doesn't, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't be know. able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it sounds, I feel like it's doable. Yeah. It sounds stupid because I'm like, I'm sure people spend less. Maybe we should like oh, yeah. down to like 50. Well, like, that would be really hard. And, but, but what about if we need gas that week? You know, fill up on Sunday. We fill up the before the competition. <laughs> There's some strategy involved. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hash out the details off. <laughs> um, I want to go back to your cable and TV though. Yeah. When me and Jake moved into this apartment, um, our internet bill actually went up 30 bucks. I think it's important to note that if you call and usually haggle them down, they will definitely move. Like, you can usually haggle down your internet bill. I don't, I've never tried haggling down my phone bill. I haven't either. But, I mean, it's worth doing because, I mean, they actually bumped us. We were paying even less than what we were paying um, at our old apartment mm-hmm. and they were actually trying to charge us more than so I don't know I think we got our bill down for like 40 bucks yeah it's pretty substantial so ask like make especially, sure especially I'd say especially if there's they're do- running a special the company you're with like say I don't know you have T-Mobile and then all of a sudden T-Mobile launches this huge campaign where they're it's a better deal than what you're offered then might as well call and ask if you can get that yeah they usually want to keep your business and that was the thing with when we switched internet companies, we found a better deal with CenturyLink. I think we're currently at um, Xfinity. But we called and we just said we're going to co- cancel our contract because, you know, CenturyLink is offering us this killer deal and you apparently can't match it. And they were sure to offer us an even better deal than what CenturyLink <laughs> was offering. And they even threw in a higher internet speed than what we were getting before. So it just goes to show that, like, if you don't ask, they're not going to get it. And we even sat on the phone, I think, a half an hour, and the girl was like, this is the best deal we have. This is the best deal we have. And we were like, well, that's not good enough for us. And they did come down. So, like, that just goes to show, just spend a little extra time on the phone, and you could be spending, saving a lot of money. Um, The next thing that we wanted to talk about was how we organize our money. I did actually, I didn't, I wouldn't, I shouldn't say I did nothing with my 2019 or 2020. (laughs) You did do something. I did do something. Me and Jake sat down. I sat down and we talked about his finances to get them sorted out. And then I also sorted out my 2020 kind of in 2019. So it's kind of cheating because I didn't really do it during the new year, but I did prep for it. So I sat down and I planned out all of the big things that I have going on in my life. So this summer I noted that I have a lot of weddings that I'm going to, which there's going to be a lot of wedding gifts. There's going to be, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple bachelor parties that I'm going, bachelorette parties that I'm going to, Katie being one of them, which I'm super excited about. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's like a lot of things going on. So I, that being said, I have now started to save for that stuff. So when 
springtime and summertime weddings come around, I'm not like, oh my God, I have to spend $100 for a wedding gift or mm-hmm. I'll, I have to spend, you know, $200 on this bachelorette party. It's not a surprise. I've already saved and planned for it. And another thing that I do with that too that I didn't do last year that I should have is like Christmas planning even before maybe even as early as September like setting aside money so it's not as much of a like crazy expense when December comes along Mm -hmm. and you can Christmas is always a hard time you always spend more money than you think it was so bad it wasn't so bad for me this year but the reason why is I feel like I said no to a lot of things that I wish I could have said yes to yeah but good for you for having the discipline where you did say no right Rather than saying yes and then having to play catch up financially or getting yourself in a situation you aren't happy right, with. Right. But I do wish like I could have said I could have been more giving because it is the giving season. So you want to mm-hmm. say yes to everything because you want to participate. But at the same time, I'm like, I could not afford all of the gift exchanges and the potlucks and even a potluck. I remember we had to, we had one at work and I made the most simplest dish and it was still like twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. I think I made like these like caramelized honey checks. Oh yum! There was nothing in the thing, and it was like twenty dollars. <laughs> I was like, how did I spend this much? It's stupid. I I still don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> but yeah, just goes to show those are just hidden things that you don't think of that you could easily just plan it out and just you know be hyperactive on that. And another thing I want I want to mention really quickly before I just like beat this point to the <laughs> ground is my car because I do lease so my car lease is actually ending in October and if you do lease a car you know that you don't get a down payment um, or you don't get money back obviously mm-hmm. so you don't have a down payment for the next car that you can have kind of like an equity in your car hopefully you have equity in your car or you make money and you're not yeah yeah but um so yeah, so that's something also that I'm cognizant of is like if I do want to lease again or buy another car, I have that money saved up. So it's not a hidden surprise. I know it's coming. I've been saving for it my entire lease. Um, and that's super helpful. I think that's why people, a lot of people have bad or ill feelings towards leases because they don't, it is really a big financial responsibility to like plan and you got to organize your miles mm-hmm. and you have to be on track. And so if you're not good about that, then, yeah, you would probably have a horrible experience leasing. <laughs> well, seriously, we're going to talk to yeah. Katie's dad, too, because my dad's the manager of um, Lexus. Yes. And so we're going to have him on at some point and kind of talk about just the overall experience of buying a car and then, you know, leasing versus buying and buying new cars versus pre-owned cars. So Yeah, he's going to go over good, all of that. Good we're topic. excited. We were just talking to him, like we're everybody keeps telling us bring guests on. We will, but we will. But also, you guys, like it takes us like for some reason forty five minutes to <laughs> get the mics to work, so we can't do that with the guests. Yeah, we're not we quite ready. No, so bad. So okay, where was I? So I talked about planning for big expenses. Yeah. Um, the next, I would say, I treat my investments that I'm in right now like a monthly bill. So. It's a non-negotiable fee for me if I say that I'm going to spend or I'm going to set aside $200 a month in an investment account and I do not meet my 401k that's separate. Um, 
this comes out every month I pay it at the beginning of the month and that's like a bill it's not like if I have money left over I'll put it towards investments it's no I put $200 away or whatever money I decide and that is what I'm doing that month Um, so that's really helped and then yeah again with that like always pay yourself first if you're going to put money in a savings account if you're going to put money in an investment account do that at the beginning of the month don't wait till the end to see what you have left over because I guarantee you that you probably won't have anything left over yeah those are all those are all really good points um so as far as organizing money one thing that I found that helps me organization wise is that I'll put all of my subscription fees and kind of those smaller monthly fees you know so like earlier when I was talking about our YouTube TV and our Netflix and our Hulu I'll make sure those are all linked on the same credit card or coming out of my checking account so I can see every month all of them in the same place Um, that really helps me just because those are kind of the smaller charges that a lot of times go unnoticed or just kind of get buried in you know all of the other charges and payments that I make so I'll put it all together so I can see each month um, how much I'm actually spending on those things Um, that's really helped and just overall um, I feel like I can't say this enough it just helps me be more conscious of what I'm spending I'm not mindlessly letting things be taken out of my checking account without me seeing it Um, and then another way I organize my money is every time I get like an unexpected lump sum of money so like my Christmas bonus at work or any other bonuses or birthday money, tax time comes around and I get a big return, I always put that money right into my savings. I don't even act like I had that in my possession. Um, It just really helps me because, you know, obviously I'm used to my normal paychecks covering my bills and fun activities. So if I just put that money right in my savings, it's like a nice extra surprise. That's a huge thing because I think – for me before I was like oh my god I have I'm gonna get $700 back on my yeah. tax return I'm treat gonna go yourself sh- yeah treat yourself <laughs> I'm gonna go shopping I'm gonna go on a trip and it's like just put it in savings because you're gonna thank yourself later mm-hmm. gotta think about your future self um okay so we wanted to also talk about invest what are our investment strategies for 2020 mm-hmm so this is actually a funny one for me because I my investment strategy for 2020 is to start investing more um, because right now, so of course I have um, re- twi- retirement funds that I contribute to and Colt, my fiance has a house and once we get married, my name will be on that. So that can be, you know, that's an investment. But other than that, I don't have any other investments. You know, I don't contribute to the stock market or have, you know, anything else. So I really want to get started on that and make it a priority to do some research figure out what I want to invest in and then make steps towards doing that and hopefully take you all along the way with me what I learn yeah I am kind of in the same boat Um, I started dabbling into different investments I think last September so right now currently all I really have I have my 401k of course but I have um consecutively continued to invest in VTI so that's the Vanguard total stock index if you don't know Um, and I currently have this set up as an auto investment every month but um, oh and then also along with that too I've got some bonds with Vanguard as well 
But I want to continue to do that, continue to put money into there every month, and then also start to diversify that portfolio. So right now, as I said before, I'm in the total stock index um, for the U.S., but I'd like to invest in different international markets. Um, And then there's other different indexes that um, you can follow through indexes, which I need to look into and just price match on fees and whatnot. Um, And then another different investment that I would like to look into is a company called Fundrise. So this company... I've never heard of that. Yeah. It's actually really interesting. So um, I don't know how... I, I hope I'm not explaining this in the incorrect way, but so something like a shopping mall or an apartment building, mm-hmm. most times a business, somebody just doesn't directly fund that project. So usually there's things called REITs. They're real estate investment trusts. Mm-hmm. And people can actually buy these REITs and invest in a piece of that property. So oh, with interesting. Yeah, so with Fundrise. And this is something that's really interesting because if you want if you're talking about diversifying your portfolio and you wanted to get into real estate but you don't want to, you know, maybe flip a house or you don't want to deal with having your own rental property, mm-hmm. it's a good way to get into that market, but it's just really, you know, hands-off and passive income for the most part. So yeah, so the minimum investment for that is $500. And the great thing about that is although every investment is at some has some risk level associated with it, everything that you put in here is backed by real estate. So if for some reason um, somebody defaults on paying you that loan amount back, you have, you know, a part of that real estate. So Fundrise will actually take that property and, you know, sell well, that's it. That's awesome. Yeah, what so, a peace of mind. Yeah, exactly. And there's other um, there's there's a company called Lending Club out there as well, and it will give people like Katie if you wanted to open up or if you wanted to get a thousand dollar loan. It's mm-hmm. just like personal, like small loans. I'm sure they have big ones. I actually haven't looked into it, but I could go on to Lending Club put in a thousand dollars and Katie could lend that money for me and then pay me interest on it but the problem with that is if she defaults on paying me back there's nothing backed by that it's not like I you know I'm out of the money yeah yeah Yeah, and like maybe I'll get some interest if you did pay me and that's how I would make my money but if for some reason you chose to not pay me back I would be as Mm -hmm. well so that's the great thing about fundraise um so I would like to get into that and then yeah I think that's it awesome well that's good those are good goals um kind of on that note I guess of goals um we also wanted to talk over our five-year goals and 10-year goals um for ourselves financially so start with our five-year maybe yeah yeah so my five-year goals are very ambitious (laughs) (laughs) but ambitious is good yeah, I feel like is good. Yeah, I feel like I have to make them ambitious otherwise I'll never, you know, kick my butt into gear. But I seriously honestly I I don't know if anybody else feels like that this but I am so anxious about saving for money lately now that I've like broken more into my finance and I've like mm-hmm. done the math on like how much is it going to cost to buy a house and you know how much am I going to need for kids and how mu- much am I going to need to 
do the, all the things and that I want. And you want to do all that with peace of mind. You don't want to be stressed out when that time comes. Oh, like, my God. And I'm sitting here, like, crunching the numbers. Right. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm never going to have enough. <laughs> I need <laughs> to make a million dollars a year. It's just, yeah. like, I feel like it's so important to think about because those experiences, you know, are so great in life. Like, those are the happiest and most joyful times. And then to be burdened by, like, the stress of money would, I feel like, would take away some of that joy. So right. it's just important to think about it because you want those moments to have fond right feelings attached right but so my first goal is to um have a six-month emergency fund um and I've calculated this number where I would feel comfortable at is about $25,000 so yeah so that's a big goal and then the next would be to have a down payment ready to invest in a piece of real estate whether that be a rental property or something that I would eventually want to live in I don't know necessarily Katie knows I love apartment living mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the rare totally few you. but I love it I can't imagine buying a house right now like even if I could I just wouldn't want to but I would like to have that money set aside just in case I want to because mm-hmm. the worst thing is like wanting to do something and you just like can't do it because you didn't save properly so I want that to be a goal. And then I would also like to pay off my student loans. I currently have $24,000 left, which is a lot of money. I know I'm very thankful to not have, you know, as much Hundreds as some. Yeah, yeah, I don't have, mm-hmm. you know, a huge, huge amount. But 24000 is still a lot of money, and I would like to pay it off in five years. So hopefully I can do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, those are those are all great goals. Um, mine are somewhat similar. Definitely my student loans. I definitely am aligning myself with you on that one. Um, I I don't know why, but that they, those just give me so much stress. I don't. I feel like more than the average person. Like I just want them paid off so bad. Yeah, they and suck. Yeah, they really do. And I don't. Yeah. I know, they just really they really get to me Abby knows I wanted them paid off so bad when I first graduated which is such an unrealistic idea even because it's such a large sum of money but I was just putting so much money towards them that I was like not leaving myself a normal amount of money to live off of each month right. and I was like and don't worry now I have a nice healthy balance and I'm not doing that anymore but I definitely want to make that a priority to pay those off in the next five years um, and then I would also like to pay off my vehicle um I have an SUV and it sounds like a pretty hefty goal but I only have a few thousand left so um I definitely want to I, f- I, I feel like that shouldn't even be on your five-year goal because I feel like this is that's like a 2020 goal yeah yeah that'd be a nice 2020 goal <laughs> yeah hey there we You're go cheating. now I have more 2020 goals <laughs> <laughs> well but no yeah. it is a good goal it yeah is a good goal. well you can thanks thanks yeah because that'll hopefully be paid off soon you know I should redo my five-year goal then I would like to pay off my vehicle and then purchase a new one because this one actually gives yeah, me a lot I guess of problems realistically and you, it's in five years you yeah, will have a new vehicle. i'll have a new one so that'll be good um yeah so by paying this one off i'll car um, payments have a lot never of equity. End. yeah no it's kidding terrible. yeah um yeah all right and then 10 years let's go on to our 10 year goals 10 years so, so in 10 years we'll be 35 oh i'll be Sounds- 34 if oh oh rub it in <laughs> i'm a, i'm a spring hen <laughs> Yeah, it that is feels a, so much older than 25. It, You know what? It really does. I've been 
not saying you're <laughs> really old, but you are. I'm six months older than you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, I feel like almost like this like bonus that I'm 24 still because all the savings that I'm doing right now, I'm like, it's not eating into my five-year goal yet. So I feel like it's just an addition. Because <laughs> oh. you've already started your five-year so goal. So I'm already eating into it. But I'm yeah. not into it yet. Wow. So wow. it sucks for you. I got to make up for last time. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um. But yes, so 10-year goals. Yeah, this was a weird goal when we were, and Katie were talking because we were like, well, I don't really know, like, you know, our five-year goal. And you guys already have a house. So mm -hmm. what, you know, what is left? Mm -hmm. But then we were like, oh, my God, 34, 35, like, we'll hopefully, like, we'll have kids. Yeah, yeah. And that is for a sure. huge expense. Sounds crazy to talk about, but I mean, that's Oh, my God, it's so realistic. weird because, like, right now I'm, like, not ready for that. But, you know, in 10 years, hopefully I will be and hopefully – that'll happen mm -hmm. um but yeah so starting to save for you know my future kids college sports um kids are expensive so that's definitely going to be something that I'll need to put well you'll need to put we'll both need to put it into our 10-year mm -hmm. goal yeah that's definitely in my 10-year goal too like yeah they're so expensive um and then also I think in my 10-year goal like Abby said we do already have a house so definitely just to keep building equity in that home um we're finishing the basement right now so and just kind of you know doing some more things to the house and then sell hopefully sell that and purchase a new home so that'll right. happen in 10 years hopefully too so then next topic we wanted to talk about were just some helpful apps to help you save and invest. Um, you know, this can be a, a lot of information and sometimes it's nice to have an app or some sort of assistance in getting started. So are there any apps you use or want to touch on? Yeah, so I use Mint. Well, I shouldn't say I use it. I downloaded Mint about three or four months ago. It's basically an app that allows you to link all of your bank accounts, your credit cards, um, you can l link your student loans, and it kind of organizes your spending for you and it keeps track of your financial goals. So you can log on, you can allocate things like a food budget and it'll tell you if you're on track or not. Um, I manage my budget pretty obsessively. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> Yeah, I, like, you told me you check into your, or you log into your bank account every day. Every single day, you guys, I kid you not, I am logging into my bank account and probably once a week I'm like adjusting my budget and like seeing if I'm on track. I never used to be like that, but I honestly think like once I got started and once I've started to like see the benefits of me putting aside money and saving, now I'm like mm -hmm. anal about it because I'm like I can't. Which is good. I mean, it just means you're dedicated and... Yeah, so make it a priority. Yeah, so that being said, I I honestly don't use the Mint app that much, but if you aren't super good at doing that or keeping track, it definitely is a good option. Um, I did look a lot into the security of the app because that was something that I was nervous about linking all of my accounts mm -hmm. I'd onto say, this random app. I'd say disclaimer: definitely look into that before you download any app. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Even even what I'm about to tell you right now, like look into it for yourself because yeah. you it's your money. Like you have to do all the research and the due diligence behind keeping it safe. But that being said, um, the company does back, I think, $250,000 worth of your money if for some reason your bank account were to be hacked because of information that was hacked via Mint. 
So that was super um, really, I don't know what the right word is. Just reassuring. Reassuring, yeah, to hear because it, they have a great um, system in place to track that and they're putting their money where their mouth was. So it was good to see that. So I felt pretty Mm -hmm. confident in investing or not investing um using their using them mm-hmm. but honestly like even your bank account like my bank account has been my credit card's been hacked with my bank it's like what are you right. just not going to put your money anywhere. into your bank mm-hmm. you know right at some point like there's risk involved in anything everything can get hacked nowadays so it's just being careful about it but okay the next one that I wanted to talk about I don't have this but it's definitely interesting to me and I'll I probably should look into it more Um, It's the Acorns app. So this app rounds up all your purchases to the nearest dollar and invests the difference for you. So, for example, if you're at Starbucks and you purchase a 320 um, latte, Acorn will take the 80 cents and they'll invest it for you. I wonder what they invest it in. Do you know more about that? Like, do they just automatically choose it for you or do you get to pick? I have no idea. I know that you can pick whether it's like a high risk, if you're more Mm -hmm. high risk or low risk adverse. But I don't know specifically. We should probably do an episode on like more into these apps Mm -hmm. because yeah, I don't know what you even. I mean, I'm. I have to think like you'd be saving minimum maybe like two hundred dollars. I don't know how much I'd save if everything was rounded up. Actually, interesting. But yeah, I'm like, what would they invest in? Hmm. Stocks or maybe some type of index? I don't know. I have no idea. That'd be yeah. Um, and then, so an app I recently heard of, I don't know if you've heard of it, Abby, but it's called Clio. Um, and that's kind of a budget, a budgeting app for sure too, but it's very, it's known for being like very interactive. So you link your bank account, um, and all your expenses to Clio and he, she keeps track, it keeps track of your, um, budget for you. And then when you're like out, you know, with your friends, you can just text the app, text Cleo and say, hey, out with friends, how much money can I spend on dinner tonight? And Cleo will respond and say, you can spend $24 on dinner and you're still on track. You're still on budget for the week. Um, so I know it's just known for being very easy, very user friendly. Um, but I will disclaimer, you guys should Google some of the text chains that people have with Cleo. She gets pretty feisty if you don't stay on budget. She, yeah, Cleo's sassy. Yeah, she'll she'll tell you how she feels. Gets a little gets a little mad at you. That is the one thing, too, that I feel like Cleo beats Mint because with your Mint app. You, they don't have that texting ability that's so fast. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're going to go out to dinner with your girlfriends and you're going to log on to the Mint app and see where you're at budget-wise. Like That's right. such a great idea that you can text this person and be like, hey, I'm out and about. Can I afford a coffee? And, and he or she will literally right. be like, no. Like, you've instantly. spent way too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... It- yeah, I know. I think that's super interesting, too. And just another element of, like, someone saying, like, no. Like, almost like a slap on the wrist yeah. a little bit. Like, you helping can, train You can text yourself. the app and say, like, roast me on my finances. And she'll just go, like, ham. On yeah. <laughs> then maybe you won't even go out that night. You'll be too sad. <laughs> <laughs> just depressed. Like, uh, you've been an idiot. I think she literally says that to people. Yeah. Oh, guys, She's look mean. it up. She, she, yeah, she has some foul language, even. Yeah. yeah. I, I think there's there's no filter on Cleo. But it's a funny it's a funny app. I like it. Yeah, it is funny. Um. Okay, and then another one. It's not really a budget app, but it's just kind of a free money app. Is called Freebird. And this is super cool. So Freebird 
um, links to your Lyft or your Uber app, and then it rewards you with cash back for getting rides to certain restaurants. So like, for example, if Abby and I right now were sitting in her apartment, if we used Freebird to get our Lyft and we chose to go to Red Cow, we would receive $4 cash back in the Freebird app. And then that can that just adds up over time, and then you can cash that out at any time. So, I mean, $4 for going to Red Cow, I mean, that's Honestly, that's genius. the Lyft. Yeah. Because if you... I mean, think of how many times on a Friday night, like, you're going to Uber somewhere because you want to have more than two drinks. Mm-hmm. And if that restaurant was on the Freebird app, you'd be getting money back. Right. Like, it's not, it's, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. Um, And then I'd say another app that I love is probably the podcast app <laughs> or the Spotify app so I can listen to Running Reserves and get Shameless all the tips and tricks plug. I need. Shameless plug. <laughs> Well, with that being said, um, I think that's a wrap. So we just covered how we are saving, how we're planning and organizing for the new year. Hopefully you found this helpful and are ready to sit down to schedule your own financial goals. If you haven't already, it's so important, you guys. Mm -hmm. Never too late. It's not too late. Don't wait till you're 30. Don't wait till you're 40. Do it now. It's only going to get more expensive as we get older. And, you know, maybe you're throwing kids into the mix. Maybe you're throwing a new house into the mix it's just you know you can never save soon enough yeah um yeah i couldn't agree more and also i want to mention that abby and i we are going to be participating in a fun little competition uh between the two of us for 2020 we'll both be putting 100 dollars into a stock or multiple stocks of our choice to see who can make more money by the end of 2020 so make sure you follow along each week, uh, listen to all of our episodes, and see how much we have made, or I guess lost, too, in Abby's case. Oh, <laughs> oh you're already throwing shade. Um, and just so you make sure you don't miss an episode or miss any of our updates on this challenge, uh, make sure you subscribe or follow our podcast. That way you'll get notifications every time we release a new episode. I'm curious, too, guys. Leave us a comment. I think you can only do this on iTunes, but leave us a comment who you think is going to win, Katie or I. Ooh, and dun, dun, honestly, dun. it's probably me, but just, oh. you know. <laughs> um, <We'll see>. <laughs> but thanks again for tuning in. We can't wait to share more soon. And as always, be sure to leave a five-star review. Make sure you get that comment in on who you think is going to win and what you are most looking forward to in 2020. It helps more than you know to comment, so make sure you do that. Yeah, we love reading them. All right. Thanks so much, guys. We love reading and we never got one. <laughs>